In 2 Chronicles chapter 5, we see that the temple was dedicated and the, the building was literally filled with a cloud of glory. In verse 11 through 14 from 2 Chronicles chapter 5, it says that they all were in one place and they are in one accord. Verse 12. It states here, that they had all these different instruments and they stood at the end of the altar with 120 priests sounding the trumpets. In verse 13, it goes on to say, it came to pass that as they were was one. I'm telling you, there's power in being in one accord. There's power in unity. There is power in harmony. And they made one sound to be heard in praising and thanking the Lord. Children's church is dismissed. You have a great class. Understand this, that one of the characteristics of a revived heart is a thankful heart. And they were thanking them because of what had occurred in the temple. The Bible says, and I think it's important to notice, that they didn't lift up their voices, but they were so in one accord that it sounded like one voice going up before the Lord. The trumpets and the cymbals were, act, were activated. They praised the Lord and they said this, For He is good, for His mercy endures forever. And then notice with me what the result was. Then the house was filled with a cloud, even the house of the Lord. The cloud that they were experiencing on that day was the glory cloud. And we can see in New Testament scriptures, if we took time to go through it line upon line, that Jesus himself was raised from the dead by the same glory that was present there. It was the God of glory, the Father of glory, that raised Jesus from the dead. And the Bible says that the Spirit of God and the Spirit of glory will rest upon us in any situation that we may face. The Scripture declares that the same Spirit, the Spirit of glory, that raised Jesus from the dead, He does dwell in us. And since He does dwell in us, He will quicken our mortal bodies by His Spirit that lives on the inside. Paul prayed that I may know him and the power of his resurrection. And so we see all throughout the old covenant, the manifestation of the presence of God was in the glory of God. Now you and I, the whole church, the whole body collectively is God's temple. Are we not? Now we know that individually we are temples of the Holy Spirit. You can see that in the Bible in 1 Corinthians chapter 3, 1 Corinthians chapter 6, 2 Corinthians chapter 6 and verse 16. But in the amplified version of 1 Corinthians 3, 16, it says, Do you not understand and discern that you, the whole church in the Bay Area, are God's temple, you are His sanctuary, and that God has His permanent dwelling in you, 
to be at home in you, not only individually, but also collectively as a church. And so we have the anointing within us, but we also have the anointing upon us. And as you bring your unction and your anointing into the house of God, and as I bring my unction and my anointing into the house of God, we become one temple with one voice giving glory to God, and there comes a corporate anointing in our midst that will absolutely deny sickness and disease, remove burdens, destroy yokes, and lift people out of hell itself. Hallelujah. And so, back in the old covenant, they were playing instruments. Is it scriptural to play instruments? You bet it is. Is it scriptural for us as a church to lift up our voice to God in one accord? Is it scriptural for us to sing the high praises of God? And to be thanking and praising Him, for He is good and His mercy endures forever. You better believe it's scriptural. But just as it is scriptural for us to do our part, it is just as scriptural for Him to show up in His Shekinah glory presence and to do awesome things in our midst. Oh, glory to God. And so tonight... We are still on the subject of prayer and we're going to talk a little while about the corporate anointing that there is when a company of believers purpose in their heart that they are not just going to have church as usual, but they are going to stand up in this day and this hour and be light and shine bright and lift up their voice in one accord and pray to the God of heaven and earth. Hallelujah! Woo! Glory to God. And so, you will see this principle throughout the book of Acts. And look with me at chapter the first chapter of Acts and the fourth verse, the Bible says that they were assembled together. How many of you know when you come to church that there is some assembly required? And commanded them that they should not depart from Jerusalem, but wait for the promise of the Father, which said he, you've heard of me. And he goes and talks about John's baptism. And then he says, now notice in verse 8, he said, but you, here's what you're going to receive. You're going to receive power after the Holy Ghost is come upon you. And then you will be my bright witnesses. Now notice with me in verse 9, he spoke these things. And while they beheld, behold, he was taken up. And a cloud received him out of their sight. That's the glory cloud. And while they looked steadfastly toward heaven as he went up, behold, two men by them stood by them in white apparel. Those were angels. Are angels still active today in the affairs of men and women? Are they not all ministering spirits Sent forth to minister for you and for me, for we are heirs of salvation. 
And then they said something very interesting to them. He said, you men of Galilee, why are you standing gazing up into heaven? This same Jesus, which is taken up from you into heaven, so shall come in the same manner as you have seen him go into heaven. What this is saying, he went up in a cloud of glory and the Lord of glory is coming back in glory with his saints and with his glory to God. I tell you, I get happy just thinking about it. And so they saw this happen and they were assigned to form an assembly to wait for this power that was to come from on high. And so they went to an upper room. Brenda and I had the privilege of going to that upper room in Jerusalem. And they went to the upper room, all of them. And verse 14, here's what I want you to see. These all continued with one accord in unity, in prayer and supplication with the women and Mary, the mother of Joseph, and with his brethren. They were in what kind of accord? They were in one accord. They were not doubting. They were not sitting by twiddling their thumbs. But they were waiting with a holy expectancy for the promise from on high. And in Acts chapter 2 verses 1 through 4, let's pull that up there. We see that the power came... On the day of Pentecost, the scripture says, and when the day of Pentecost was fully come, they were all in one accord and it wasn't a Honda. They were in one place. Verse two, read it with me. And suddenly there came a sound from heaven as of a rushing mighty wind and it filled all the house where they were sitting. Verse 3. And there appeared unto them cloven tongues like as of fire. Everyone say Pentecostal fire. And the Bible says, and it sat upon each of them. Notice with me in verse 4. Read this with me. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost and began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. The early church started in unity, in harmony, and in one accord, and the Spirit came. You and I that are of the latter church, right here at the end of the book of Acts, we must be in unity, in harmony, in one accord, fully expecting the Holy Ghost to show up and to do in our midst what we cannot do in our own intellectual thinking. But it is so important that there remains a corporate anointing. Because my prayers individually will only do so much as well as your prayers. But all of our prayers together in harmony and in unity will do great things. He said, call unto me. And I will show you great and mighty things. God is in the showing up business. He's in the showing out business. He's in the outdoing business. 
He's here to trouble your trouble, to trouble the waters, and to bring you into a place with Him that will literally cause joy to come upon your life. Woo! Glory to God. Somebody shout amen. And so prayer was not an option, but prayer was a way of life demonstrated throughout the book of Acts. For example, the Bible says of Peter and John that they were on their way into the temple, the Bible says, at the hour of prayer, being the ninth hour. And it was there that there was a man at the gate beautiful that was begging for alms, which couldn't walk from his birth. And they looked at him and said, we don't have silver and gold, but we do have something. It's the name above every name. And in that name, rise and be healed. And he stood up walking and leaping and praising God. Well, if they walked and leaped and praised God, when they couldn't do it from their birth in the early book of Acts, they ought to be walking and leaping and praising God in this day and in this hour. Amen. Now, Peter and John got in trouble because the religious leaders despised this miracle that took place in this name. Because they thought they buried him for good. Thus, why are you speaking in his name? And so they took them into custody and they scolded them. And I think perhaps they even beat them and threatened them. And commanded them that they teach nor preach anymore in this name. And in Acts chapter 4 and verse 24, here's what I want you to see. Finally, they were let go. They were chastised. Did you know that when you've got the name above every name like Brenda said the other night, you just can't keep it to yourself. Because he's been so good to you. You just got to tell it. Acts 4.24. And when they heard that, all these threatenings, they lifted up their voice. There is that word again, their voice. Not their voices, but their voice. They were in one accord. With one accord. And said, Lord, you are God. That's a good way to pray. Circumstances may try to squeeze in on you. But you find a group of believers that know how to pray, it won't belong before those circumstances take flight. But notice, they look to God. And you made heaven and earth and the sea and all that in them is. By the mouth of your servant David, here's what you said. Why did the heathen rage and the people imagine vain things? Verse 26, the kings of the earth stood up. And the rulers were gathered together against the Lord and against his Christ. For of a truth against thy holy child Jesus, whom you appointed, both Herod and Pontius Pilate with the Gentiles and the people of Israel were gathered together for to do whatever thy hand and thy counsel determined before to be done. And now, Lord, behold their threatenings. Whoo, glory to God. And here's what we're asking. My God's a God of grants. My Father is a God who grants us our requests. He said this, grant 
unto thy servants. There with all coldness. No, thank God a million times. No, with all boldness. They may speak thy word. Stretch forth your hand to heal, Lord. And grant that signs and wonders may be done by the name of thy holy child, Jesus. And when they had prayed, this is corporate prayer. The Bible says that the place was shaken where they were assembled together. And they got filled again. <laughs> Woo! Glory to God. I like that initial infilling, but I'm telling you what, I'll take constant infillings and constant renewals of the Spirit. I'll take as much as I can get. Thank you very much. And when they had play, prayed, the place was shaken where they were assembled. Again, they were assembled. And they were all filled with the Holy Ghost. And they spake the word of God with boldness. Now notice the key ingredients. They were magnifying God, not the problem. They were not denying the fact that the problem existed, but what they did is they They superseded the problem with the answer. And the Bible says when they prayed that the place was shaken. That literally brought forth a manifestation of the glory of God. The place was shaken. Not just people. Perhaps you've been in meetings where you've seen people shake and quake. And that can be a manifestation of the Holy Spirit, if it's in the Spirit. But literally, the building shook. And there was no earthquake. My spiritual father said it this way. Some people get excited because the Holy Spirit moves on people and they shake sometimes. Or even fall under the power. But he said, wait until buildings start shaking. Glory to God. I pray that you'll have some building shaking meetings over there in the Philippines, Roll. Thank you, Lord. Glory to God. The place was shaken. Where they were assembled. What if they hadn't been assembled? What if they hadn't been in one accord? What if they tucked tail and said, well, I'm not going to preach in that name anymore. They would not have had any building shaken, sign and wonder moving happenings from that point on. But thank God, they did not back off and they did not back down. God answered their prayers. He will always answer the heart cry of a people that are pure. And of a people that are in one accord. He will always answer the prayers of the heartfelt cry of the righteous who are praying in accordance with his plans and purposes for this earth. Yeah, our kingdom come. Oh God, let your will be done. Notice with me in verse 32 now. And the multitude... Of them that believed were one heart and of one soul. Neither said any of them that aught of these things which he possessed was his own. But they had all things common. And I want you to read verse 33 with me. And it's okay if you shout because this is a Holy Ghost church. <laughs> Let's read. Ready? Read. 
and with great power gave the apostles witness of the resurrection of the Lord Jesus and great grace Great grace was upon Peter and John. No. Great grace was upon Pastor Brenda and Pastor Nancy. Yeah, them, but not just, hey, not just them. The whole bunch. All of us. (laughs) Great grace. Now notice, was upon. Upon them all. Powerful truth, is it not? Such a supply of the Spirit, such a unity, such a one accord, such a priority for His presence, such a pressing in to God. Now, Lord, behold their threatenings. They were all filled. You see, what was happening here is the anointing came Upon all of them corporately. And without each other, this never would have happened. With each other, great things happened. When we are gathered together in His name, corporately, on the same page with that corporate anointing, no good thing will He withhold from those who walk before Him uprightly. Now notice some of the results in Acts chapter 5 and verse 12. Acts the 5th chapter and the 12th verse. And by the hands of the apostles were many signs and wonders wrought among the people. And they got in strife at Solomon's porch. No, they were with all in one accord... In Solomon's porch. Now listen to this statement. I heard this earlier. This is so powerful. There was a corporate cause. There was a corporate cause. They were threatened. The gospel was being threatened and they wanted it to stop and they wanted it to stop yesterday. But the cause of Christ trumped the desires of the religious people. In this day in which you and I live, I have a question for you that David asked the children of Israel when that great champion Goliath was coming out against them and mocking them. David, just a young teenage boy, stood up and said, Is there not a cause? And anyone could stand to their feet tonight in this auditorium and say, is there not a cause for revival in our nation? Is there not a cause for our political leaders to find the will of God and do the will of God? Is there not a cause? As Hollywood peddles out its vomit... As they attempt to get the young generation to buy into the new norm. Forget it. 
Here's what's normal for you. Here's what's normal for me. The B-I-B-L-E. We hold this as a treasure in our hearts. So, there was a corporate cause that brought forth a corporate cooperation that brought forth the people together in an assembly and together they cooperated with the Holy Spirit. There was a cause. It brought forth a corporate cooperation. And listen to this. That brought forth a corporate cry. A corporate cry. We talked a week ago about different cries. The Bible says of Abel's blood cried out from the earth. Sodom and Gomorrah cried out and provoked God for judgment. But all oh, the cries of the righteous cry out for mercy and cry out for presence and cry out for grace. And so what this did, this cause, brought a corporate cooperation and it brought a corporate cry. Hallelujah. But it didn't stop there. It then brought forth <laughs> corporate signs and wonders. I said it brought forth corporate signs and wonders that literally brought forth a corporate victory and corporate shouting. Friends, we've got a cause. And I believe that this is a church that knows how to move with Him. And I believe that as we lift our voice in these days and months ahead, and we cry out to God as we assemble ourselves together, and with His help and with His anointing, there will be corporate signs and wonders. And we'll see some corporate victories that we've all longed to see individually and also in the land. Are you with me in this? Yes. Everyone say, I will. I will, I will cooperate I will. with the Holy Spirit. Look at Acts chapter 12. How many of you know there was a man by the name of Herod that was really a bad king? He killed James, the brother of John, with the sword. And the Jews were really out to stop this movement of God. And what they did is they took Peter in the days of unleavened bread. They caught him, put him into prison, and put four quaternions of soldiers to keep him. I don't know how many four quaternion, you know, of soldiers is, but it's not a few. It's a bunch. I mean, you know, after Jesus raised from the dead, they want to make sure everything's secure. <laughs> in verse 5 it says therefore Peter was kept in prison but prayer prayer 
was made every once in a while. No. Prayer was made without ceasing of the church unto God for him. There's no way that a church can pray without ceasing unless everyone does their part. Unless everyone takes their post. That is part of the cooperation. Amen? And when Herod, verse 6, would have brought him forth, the same night Peter was sleeping between two soldiers and bound him with two chains, and the keepers before the door kept the prison, and behold, the angel of the Lord came upon him, and a light shined in the prison, and he smote Peter on the side, raised him up, saying, Get up quickly, and his chains fell off from his hands. And the angel, you don't know what they were praying in that house, but they had to be praying scripture. They had to be praying according to the will of God. Probably praying in other tongues. And while they're praying, angels are getting busy. Did you know that while we pray, angels hearken under the voice of His Word on our behalf? Amen. And of course, the angel gave him direction and he followed him and wist not that it was true, which was done by the angel, but thought he... You know, it was dreaming, saw vision. And when they were past the first and the second ward, they came upon the iron gate that led unto the city, which opened to them of its own accord. Prayer opens things for us. Prayer opens doors that men say are closed. Prayer gives favor where there's no favor to be had. Prayer will change things. <clears throat> it opened of his own accord, and they went out and passed on through the street, forth that the angel departed. Now when Peter was come to himself, he said, Now I know that God sent his angel, and he's delivered me out of the hand of Herod and all these others. And verse 12, he considered the thing. He came to the house of Mary, the mother of John, whose surname was Mark, where one or two were gathered together praying. No, where many. You see, prayers for everybody. Prayer is not just for a select few. Prayer is for everybody. Everybody can pray. If they will to pray. Amen. And uh, he went over there where they were praying. And as Peter knocked at the door of the gate, a damsel came to hearken named Rhoda. And when she knew Peter's voice, she opened not the gate for gladness, but ran in and told how Peter stood before the gate. And they said unto her, You're crazy. But she constantly affirmed that it was even so. Then they said, it's his angel. But Peter kept knocking. Knocking, it shall be open unto you. And when they opened the door, they saw him that were astonished. You mean God answered our prayer? Yes, he did. Will God answer your prayer? Yes, he will. Amen? And they saw him and they were astonished. Now, we don't have a lot of time tonight to continue to rehearse this message, but I do want to share a couple other things before Pastor Brenda comes up and is going to lead us in some corporate prayer for about five minutes. And then we have some people to pray for tonight as well. And if you have not yet been filled with the Holy Spirit, I want to give an invitation for you tonight to be filled with the Spirit. Everyone say, be filled, be filled. With, the Holy Spirit. with the Holy Spirit. 
Everyone say it again. Be filled with the Holy Spirit. Now, here's one of the things that I, I, I'm seeing and I want you to see so badly. Prayer is corporate. It's in unity. It's in harmony. But prayer is a supply. You have a supply of prayer to give. Say it with me. Put your hand right here and say this. I have a supply of prayer to give. Isn't that awesome? To think that God would entrust us with the spirit of prayer. Those people in the home, they gave their supply. They brought their supply. Now, Paul was also in prison. And the Apostle Paul, you know, would find himself writing the book of Ephesians and on the prayer or on the jail floor and looking up at the Roman soldier. And by the Holy Spirit, he would say, put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. He'd look at the Roman soldier and he'd see that breastplate and he'd say, put on the breastplate of righteousness. He'd look at that sword and he'd say, take the sword of the Spirit, which is the rhema of God. Make sure your feet are shod with the preparation of the gospel of peace. In other words, Paul was in prison quite a bit. But you know what? The prison never got in Paul. You will face difficult situations. Feels like sometimes you're bound. Feel like sometimes you're in prison. We don't live by feel like. We don't live by look like. We can do the same thing that Paul and Silas did in our midnight hour. We can pray. Oh, glory. We can pray. (laughs) And we can sing praises to God. And the same God who sent an earthquake will do something on your behalf and change your circumstances around. But Philippians chapter 1, verse 19. Paul's in prison. And here's what he said. And I think this is very significant. And I want us to look at it from the amplified version. The point I'm bringing you to you tonight is they brought their supply. You have a supply to bring. In Philippians 1.19 in the Amplified, Paul said this. He said, I am well assured and indeed know. I know something. I'm sure of it. That through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit. Now I want you to notice this. That there was not just a supply of the Spirit, but there was plenty supply. But where did that supply come from? Come from? That came from everyone praying. He's talking about a plurality of prayers praying in one accord. I know that through your prayers and a bountiful supply of the Spirit of Christ, the Messiah, this is going to turn out all right. This will turn out for my preservation, for the spiritual health and welfare of my own soul. In other words... I'm going to be all right. But not only am I going to be all right, but because you are bringing your supply of the Spirit, not only am I going to be okay, but the gospel will have great availability and the saving work of Christ will continue to go forth. Isn't that powerful? They brought their supply. And Paul 
was able to finish his course with joy. But he had a lot of partners. And he had a lot of people that would pray for him. In closing, turn with me to Acts chapter 13. Acts chapter 13. You getting anything? Are you getting stirred up a little bit? I know I'm stirring it up in my own spirit. I need to be stirred. We need the word though too. You know, if, all, if you just pray, 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 you'll get tired. You got to pray with the power of Pentecost. And stay full of the word of God as well. Amen. So that's why I'm giving you the word. Amen. In Acts chapter 13, we see another example of New Testament united or corporate prayer. Now there were in the church that was at Antioch certain prophets and teachers as Barnabas and Simeon that was called Niger and Lucius of Cyrene and Manian which had been brought up with Herod the Tetrarch, Tetrarch and Saul. As they ministered, now notice here, as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, here's what happened. The Holy Ghost showed up. So there is a ministry unto the Lord that must be in one accord. There is a ministry of praise and worship, which is a form of prayer that literally ministers unto the Lord. Wow. Have you ever thought of that? When you come to church and you lift up your voice in one accord, you're ministering to the master. Wow. What a privilege. So as they ministered to the Lord and fasted, the Holy Ghost said, He will always have something to say in the midst of of a people who are sincere and who will minister unto him and bring their supply into the house of God. And so the Holy Spirit has had something to say. And what did he say? He simply said, separate me, Barnabas and Saul, for the work wherein I have called them and then I think they laid hands on him. And they sent him out. Amen? Well, one privilege and one joy that we have as a church is we have a heart for missions. And so in a sense, we can become a sending station to every nation. Amen? Isn't that awesome? And so it is our joy and it is our privilege to participate in several ministries that are out doing the work of God. And ministering. Amen. But what I wanted you to see tonight is simply the power of corporate prayer. Amen. And the fact that you have a supply. And I know you work hard. And I know that some of you come in so tired. But you know what? I believe that you get a boost. In this place. <laughs> Amen. You know, you go to John Juice and they ask, you want some boosters? Well, we'll take some boosters. But we got the boost of all boosts living on the inside of us. Greater is he that's in us now than he that's in the world. He'll quicken your mortal body.
Hallelujah!